Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Bucks win a wild, wild game out west in the Wild West against the Los Angeles Rams. 55-40, to 40, they set a club record for the most points in a single game. An amazing one that ended with Ndamukong Sue scooping a fumble that was caused by who else? Shaq Barrett from Jared Koff and rumbling 37 yards for a touchdown. A lot of emotions in this game, a lot of back and forth, and then also some heavy hearts because Jason Light's father, Ron, passed away on Saturday and the Bucks GM was not with the team. They did give him the game ball and they FaceTimed him. We got lots to talk about in this one as the Bucks go to two and two with a big win over the defending NFC champs. Also, the Tampa Bay Rays are preparing for their game on Wednesday in the wildcard playoff at Oakland. Speaking of California, they wound up losing their last two games, maybe a hangover effect from clinching a spot in the postseason. We'll break that down as well with my buddy cop, Eduardo Encina, here from Los Angeles on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick and Eduardo, let's start with the Bucks, um, and I guess we have to acknowledge that, you know, we learned before the game on Saturday, Jason Light's father, Ron, who was 80 years old, they had an 80th uh, surprise birthday party for him this spring, as a matter of fact. He was at the Nebraska-Ohio State game, uh, you learned, and he was, uh, I guess, at a tailgate uh, with the family and uh, suffered a heart attack. Jason got the word uh, late last night. I talked to a bunch of people, including Ron Spitek, their you know player personnel director who was with Jason. This was his best friend, and this was an emotional day to, to start with, um, being without their general manager who went back home to Nebraska to be with his family. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Rick, I mean, just like anything else, you know, when you're around, you know, it, it, it's cliche, but you know, when you're on a team, it's one mission, right? It's one mission, one goal. Um, you know, to get to the Super Bowl, you know, it's every sport, it's like that. So, you know, when someone's missing, when someone's going through a family, you know, tragedy, anything like that, you know, everyone is kind of, uh, you know, they rally behind them, you know, and, and there's no doubt that this was a galvanizing win for the Bucks. There's no doubt that, you know, you know, like you said, uh, you know, Jason like was on FaceTime with Bruce Arians and in the locker room after the game and they gave him the game ball. Uh, we saw the Bucks post a video of that, you know, shortly you know, after after, and you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, it's it, it kind of goes to show also the 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 whirlwind of ups and downs. We saw them, you know, th- throughout the day here on the field, uh, and and how this league is, and we, I know we use it a lot as a week to week league. Yeah. Um. You know, I feel like every week we talk about this team, <laughs> we're kind of going on on different different roller coasters, you know, and if. You're pretty. Uh, you're pretty wild. Last week after the Giants game, and uh, we're sitting here at the you know cathedral that is the the L.A. Coliseum and looking down on this field and uh, still kind of imagining how this whole thing kind of played out. Yeah. You know, because it was you know it, it was 
in a lot of ways, it was a track meet, you know. Really? This is where... Uh, Appropriately this enough. Is where, well, this is where uh, Carl Lewis and Roger Kingdom and they had some really good track... Edwin Moses, really good track stars, win gold medals here. And it really was a track meet. You just didn't know how many points it was going to take either one of these teams to win. And, uh, you know, I think the big difference was... You know the twenty-eight points that the Bucks caught. The Bucks were able to score off of turnovers. Oh yeah, for sure. And so, uh, you know, they needed every one of those because the points were the the points were a lot. The yardage was a lot. They were just going back and forth. Yeah, and, and really, you know, going back to last week, and 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 there was it was an incredulous loss, right? Uh, uh, one that that typically would hang over sometimes with a team. Um, so many mistakes in that game coming down the stretch. A game that they blew an 18-point lead. They had an 18-point lead this game twice in the fourth quarter, and it looked like it was evaporating um, just as quickly. But all week long, they talked about how they have to finish. They have to find ways to make plays. And to be honest with you, I think they learned some things from that loss, including the coaching staff. They kept attacking. And even though I, you know, Jameis Winston was having maybe arguably his best day as a pro. I mean, here's Jared Goff, right? The matinee idol. L.A. cool quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, a fellow number one overall pick himself, who's already earned his $100 million payday, even though he was drafted the year after Jameis was in 2016. And this team has been on a roll. They're the defending NFC champions. They're 13-3 last year. Uh, they were 3-0 and this season, and they have the best offense, I think, in the NFL. They're fun to watch, Oh, man. my gosh, are they fun to watch. And, and you know, credit to the Bucks. I mean, you talk to Shaq Barrett, who we'll discuss in a minute, is the player of the, of the year so far in the NFL. Um, you know, he says, I don't like giving up 40 points. It's like college out there. But you know what? They made big plays on defense. Yeah. It wasn't as if that they didn't have a hand in this. You just said it. Four turnovers, 28 points. That doesn't happen without some great defensive efforts and some big plays from, from players uh, that, that they absolutely needed to step up. Uh, but this was a shootout. This was um, something that uh, you would expect to see in the old AFL days, right? Yeah. I mean, or, or in the, maybe in the, the Big 12. Um, this, was, this was wild, and it wasn't because it was bad defenses because there were great playmakers all over the field. And Jameis Winston, I think, took a step up in people's minds today because of what he was able to do. They put that loss behind them. They found themselves in a similar situation in a shootout, and they found a way to get out of here with a victory. And he led them down again um, to an important drive for a field goal to get some separation before that, he hit uh, you know Mike Evans on a on a huge sixty something yard bomb. I mean, he played large today, and I think that the Bucks, you know, have bought into Bruce Arians, and you know, I think they found out something about their team. They got a pretty good football team when they don't beat themselves. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you, know, you take away the, the pick six that was late, you know, which kept the, the Rams in the game, and and James probably had one of his best games. I, I think he, absolutely as 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 a pro. I think absolutely, you know? and, and and a big part given of the that, stakes, right? And a big part of that is, you know. Knowing where, you know where the wins are, you know where are the scores and everything like that. We talked a lot about this team's lack of success in the red zone. You know they only had to kick two field goals today. Um, Matt Gay made made both of them, but you know and all his extra points. Speaking of redemption, points. here's a guy that made nine nine kicks in this game. Yeah, nine kicks made after all. after missing three kicks uh, last week, including one that would have been the game winner. Right. But you know, going back to Jameis for a second, it's it's. It's great because, you know, I mean, like there is a little bit of, like, you know, this place wasn't packed, you know, but 
At the same time, it's hard to pack this place. Yeah, it holds but, up, what, 90,000? But, but at the same time, there's I, I kind of like the vibe here. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. And, and Mike Evans said this last week. He said, you know, we kind of like – there's something about the road that we kind of like. And this team has played well on the road. And, you know, it's a, it's a you know, you look at this one in the Carolina win – there's a very fine line between them, you know, losing these games and winning them, yep. but they've won them. They've come up with big plays when they needed to, and they've won both of these games. You know, this place, just to describe this place, you know, you, you, every, everyone who's seen the Coliseum, they see the big, you know, the big long, uh, you know, stands that go all the way down. And this was California, though, man. This was like they're pumping California love out the sound system. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're pumping, uh, you know, West Coast rap, G-Funk and everything like that. <laughs> and... And, like, there's a vibe here, man. And so winning a game on the road here ain't easy. No. And, you know, they came in here and they did it. They got up early. Uh, you know, the difference between this week and last week was that they held on. You know, and they didn't make the mistakes down the stretch that, besides that one that, that, that one Winston pick. But, you know, they did it with a lot of different guys. You know, we talk about the turnovers. Shaq Barrett was a part of three different turnovers, really. Um, but the, the defense, for the most part, played well. Kept a lot of pass rush on Jared Goff. Imagine if Jared Goff actually had a, a little bit more time. You know, he would probably oh have thrown, he might throw for seven hundred yards. Yeah. Um, and then again, there's the there's the uh, you know, Chris Godwin had an amazing first half. He's pretty much you know we, we look at at his maturation over the course of this year. Yeah. He's really emerging as you know we know that Mike Evans is getting a lot of double teams, and he's really emerging as a guy who's really stepping up in that. Like you mentioned, Mike Evans after hurting his hand comes yeah. back and, and catches a a big you know he finally gets a, a man on man yeah. um, man coverage and get and, and beats his man and gets a big touchdown. So they got it forever. Ronald Jones had a big game and mm-hmm. in, in the place where he used to play college football here at USC. So a lot of different guys contributed and. Yeah, like like you said, you know, the the pieces here, like I know we go back and forth on this on week to week, but like after a game like this, you kind of do think, you know what, you know, maybe this team can be a good team, <laughs> you know. I mean, like, and I know we go back and forth That's on a week it, to week league, and, and 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 you know, history might tell us otherwise, but you know, the way they played this game to, today, here in this, I was really really impressed. And like I said, of, of the the little Bucks football that I've seen over the past year and a half. Like I think this was their best win that I've seen. You know, just the, the I didn't see the New Orleans win or the Eagles win last year, but yeah. you know, this was really one that I think they can really hang their hat on, and they can all really be proud of. Well, in both those games you just mentioned, especially the the opener a year ago against you know the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback, and everybody right. knew that no matter how well he played, and he played very well. I mean, he was Player of the Week two weeks in a row. He was not going to be the future of this football team. He was just keeping the chair warm for Jameis Winston, who was serving his three-game suspension. But I look at these three, like, you know, this game, because this begins a five-game, six-week road trip, right? To me, this was going to be their toughest test because I think it's the best football team on that schedule that they're going to play probably all year, at least in the regular season, and we'll see if they make it to the postseason. Um, New Orleans is very, very good. Uh, but, you know, there's still some issues with them and waiting for Drew Brees, even though it doesn't seem to bother him right now. But you've got the Rams, okay? Now, you know, now they got to go to New Orleans and play Teddy Bridgewater, you know, who's done a terrific job. Then, you know, it's on to England against Carolina, which I would say they have a pretty good shot. You know, they've beaten Carolina once. Then it's, you know, back to Tennessee, which had a big win against Atlanta, which is circling the drain. And then it's out to Seattle. And, 
I think I would take this game and maybe the Seattle game because it comes at the end of this long road trip and say those are the two they probably aren't going to win. Right. And then the three in the middle, maybe they will. Now, they, I've been wrong about the Bucks every single week, right? I, I mean, I just have. I can't, I can't figure out this football team. But this much I know. You don't hang 55 points in an NFL game, even with the turnovers, without being really good. They've got some really good players on offense. The offensive line, for the most part, I thought they gave Jameis plenty of time to throw. He threw what he wanted to throw. Um, They stayed aggressive. And, you know, that pass rush didn't get to him. So they did some really promising things here. It's just whether or not they can keep from beating themselves. Can they stay out of those situations where a penalty here, a turnover there? And like I said, Jameis had a perfect game going. But the difference this time, they kept throwing the football. They stayed aggressive. Even after his interception, you know, Bruce Arians was was having him fire the ball down there yeah. and and driving it. And, you know, and Ronald Jones made probably the most important run of his career, uh, you know, 24 yards or so, and he stayed in bounds to further kill the clock and melt some time away from the Rams. It was just a complete team win. And you're right. They seemed to bond together on the road. Um, and and sometimes that, that happens with a football team. But now can they take that – for the next four games right. on the road, if this becomes one of those road road warrior teams that can do this, they might find themselves in a really good position. So, what was the formula today, Rick? You look at this one, and you know this this works on the road, right? You go out, you score on your first drive, jump on them, you jump on them early, yeah, twenty one nothing, right? Yeah, they got and, hit and, him in the and, nose, and, and and you know that the Rams were going to come back. You knew they weren't going to route this team. You knew yeah. that, right? Yeah, but but every it seemed that at every point, you know. The, the Bucks had an answer, and, and that's what the key was, I think. And, and, you know, some of those answers came by turnovers. Some of those answers came by, you know, big plays. But I think the big thing here was that they, like you said, they didn't kill themselves. No. You know, this was probably one of their more clean games that they played. There were some penalties, but for the most part, there weren't, like, bad penalties that totally changed the the, the – the like the direction of drives, whether they were offensive or defensive. Ronald drives. Jones had one long run right. called back, or he'd had a big day. Right, he would have had a bigger day if yeah. he didn't have that one called back because that was a great run. Yeah, but um, for the most part, they didn't kill themselves, and that's I think that you know the guys in this locker room they have a real, they're really real with this. If I say really real, but like they know that San Francisco. They let really get away. They, they, they really let. They really gave that one up. You yep. know. Yep. They know that. You know. Carolina came down to a play. They know that uh, the Giants game, that they gave that one up to a certain extent too. So, you know, if they can play clean football, disciplined football, and really play to their strengths, which is the kind of offense that we saw today, um, you know, why why not? You know, I mean, why why can't they go into, you know, New Orleans and, you know, they did it last year. You know, why can't they go into, you know, snap off some of these streaks? Especially because I do think, like I said before, is that, that there is a little bit of, of – of, uh, I think this team likes to play on the road. I think, you know, they like to be the guys who. I mean, I think Evan said it this week. He's like, they like to quiet a crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, they like to be the guys who, you know, go go into the stands and put a shush, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> a, a finger over their mouths as they go in the end zone. You know, so, um, you know, there's something about that that you know, it's it's, you know, maybe maybe there's something cooking. We've talked a lot about. I mean, you wrote a great story uh, about how you know all the the preparations that they're doing for this long road trip um for this long road stretch and you know all that's good but at the end of the day 
It's about, it's about you know, winning. It's about winning and making plays, and that's what they did today. Well, they're in Los Angeles, and Jameis Winston even said it. You know, this this building has so much history in it, and and it is Los Angeles, and it's you know the number two market. This team is back in a big way, and he said he goes, "Hey man, L.A. bright lights, lights, camera action, lights, camera action." And and I think there's you know these guys are entertainers first and foremost. You experienced this with the Rays when the crowds weren't very good. They were a team that would love to play at Absolutely. Fenway and sometimes Yankee Stadium when they were good and. Uh, you know, they, they would show off when they would get in the big – because it feels like the NFL. This had a big game feel to it. I can't explain why. I mean, they were, they're, you know, the, obviously the Rams are not in their division, but they were undefeated, and they were off to a really good start. What happened? How did they do this? Well, I thought Sean uh, McVay got caught up a little bit in throwing the football too much. I really do because he's, gone, he's on under fire right now because Todd Gurley – is not being used. He's being used as a, as a receiver, as a pass catcher. Right. He had two rushing touchdowns, but he really didn't get the ball very much. They threw it 63 times. And what's amazing is, is that even after all those rushes against the passer, Shaq Barrett still had one more move in him from the opposite side where he normally lines up and had watched this guy on tape, uh, their right tackle, I guess, and decided that he's going to put a spin move on the guy. Um, and he, he got to golf and he got the ball out and Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How about Indomitian Sue against his former Los Angeles Rams team that had no interest in re-signing him, scoops up the ball and returns at 30-something yards for a touchdown um, and, uh, you know, his second of his career. So, I mean, there was there were big plays and big-time players all over this field. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, reminiscent of the old, you know, Greatest show on turf days when the Bucks would get into some games like that. They got into one shootout on a Monday night in Tampa, but usually it was a defensive effort by the Bucks because their offense was never that good. So we don't know. I mean, Bruce Arians said it afterwards. A win like this can galvanize a football team, and it can do it because you suddenly have belief. Right. How much belief do you take from a game against these guys on I mean, the road? Like you said, I mean, this this is this is defending NFC champion. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. Like, like – they were yeah, in a bowl. Oh, I mean, let's face it, Rick. Let's be honest with our listeners here. Is that like after that Giants game? Oh my God! We were looking at the schedule, and we were looking at like one, find a win, one and five, one and six. Yeah, Absolutely. fine. Let's find a win. Absolutely. And, and the reason why is because we just figured that they don't match up, right? right. So I mean, that's just what what it is. But yeah. but when you come in here and you play toe to toe with a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, yeah. but still basically the same team for the most part, that's right? And might be a little bit better actually, and. You know, like I said, play calling, I, I don't understand the whole thing, why you don't use Gurley more. Like, he's such a weapon. He might be a little bit banged up. They, might, up, they yeah. might be trying to preserve him for the long haul here yeah. because, you know, we know we, we know that, that that's their plan. But at the same time, like, you know, this was the game, like you said, this was the game that, like, you know, this one in Seattle, that's a tough task, you know, coming out here and, and, and playing a full 60 minutes. So... But now I think it really does change the trajectory of a lot of this. You know, you, you, New Orleans all of a sudden doesn't look quite as intimidating. Um, you know, and, you know, London is 
London's kind of something that I see as kind of is on its own because the big challenge there is kind of everything around you more than so than that's there. But Carolina has to do the same right. thing, and they're still likely to be without Cam Newton. So, I mean, this is a team they beat with Cam Newton. Now they got to find a way to do right. it without him. And then, obviously, Tennessee and, and, and Seattle after that. But, you know, I think I, there's no doubt that these guys are getting on a plane tonight. Oh. And they're feeling a lot better about themselves and, and the course of their season uh, than, than they did when they, when they came here. And, you know, that's, that's sometimes all it takes. I mean, we talk about in baseball, it's like yep. you, know, you come off a road trip and you're, and you're coming getting off that, you're getting on that plane coming home and you were just eight and two on that road trip, how great it is. Like the best feeling in the world. And it's the same thing tonight for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is they've got to be feeling really, really good for themselves. And the one thing that Bruce Arians, I do think that, that he's going to keep in their mind because I think, you know, the one thing that I've, I've noticed about Arians is I do think that he's really good at using events as teaching moments. You know, the, today, I know you wrote about this in your, in your gamers, is today the thing was, the message was finish. You know what happened last week? Finished. One word, finish. You know, and, um, you know, I, I don't think, I, I think he's going to make sure this team doesn't get too high over this win, that he makes sure that they're going to be, you know, level-headed going into New Orleans because they're going to have to be. And, you know, I think one thing that's one thing that he's really probably really good at in terms of, you know, keeping this this team kind of level-headed. Yeah, and I they turn the page pretty quickly. Like I said, a loss like that usually hangs, hangs over for some time. And somehow they managed to put it behind them. He said they had good practices. Um, look, I mean, Todd Bowles' defense has given up plays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're giving up points now. And those defensive backs ran all day. And they had a lot of one-on-one -on -one tackles. And they made most of them. They missed a few. They didn't play a perfect game by any stretch. They could use more guys on the pass rush. I know William Golston had a sack, but they only recorded two sacks, right. even though they, got, they did hit Jared Goff a lot. I mean, when you throw it that many times, the quarterback's going to get hit. Um, but, you know, th this is something that, uh, you know, literally can carry over. Now let's see if it does because a week ago, you're right, I was I was like flabbergasted that they could find a way to lose that football game and losing seems to have been the only thing that this franchise is good for. But I I think Bowles uh, and his staff and Arians and the offensive staff left, which obviously trusted Jameis after the interception to let him throw the ball and be aggressive. So all of that kind of worked. Now... And here's, here's one thing, just when you talk about the defense a little bit here, Rick. And, yeah. and, you know... Let's let's. I mean, you look at the numbers, and man, they gave up a lot of yardage. They gave up a lot of points. Five hundred um, yards passing. You know, the the but one of the, some of the typical staples of the Bulls defense, the, the good ones, have been that at the very least they cause turnovers and they're around the ball. They're ball hawks. You know, and yeah. that's what you know. Four turnovers today. That's you know they, they won the turnover margin, but you know plus three. Yep. And this was something that last year, as much as we saw defensive backs run all over the field. They couldn't do any of that. They weren't you know near I mean? the football. Right. They yeah. weren't near the football at all. I think they were minus 17 or 18 in, in turnover differential. Yeah. So, you know, today they actually entered it at right at even, and now they're plus three. So, you know, some of those plays went their way. I mean, Shaq Bear was in really good spots in, in, in three of those things. You know, he, he deflects one pass that causes an interception. He makes another he interception. He had an interception. And then causes a forced fumble on the soup on the soup run back. Yeah. And, you know, this guy – I don't. I'm, I mean, can we write about him every week? Because I've got to find another angle. Because every, every, I mean, I think he's going to be Player of the Month. He had the greatest September of any. Well, he had the greatest four games I think in NFL history with nine uh, sacks. I don't know that anybody's produced nine sacks in the first four games. I think the three guys. I think uh, he's tied with three guys who've had three nine sacks over four games. 
um, in the history since stats and sex became a stat in 1982. Right, right. But it's very rare, very, very, very rare. I think Kevin Green, uh, uh, Mark Astineau, and one one other guy. But um, There's only yeah. two numbers that we don't yeah. know about Shaq Barrett right now. What's he going to finish with in terms of sacks? And what's he going to get paid? And what's he going to get paid? <laughs> because, buddy, those numbers keep going up each week. Yeah. The sacks go up, the big plays go up, and that number's going up, and it's going to be up to Drew Rosenhaus um, and, and Shaq Barrett to decide, you know, when is the time to pull the trigger. Now, as of last week, the Bucks had not had any conversations with Barrett uh, and his representatives, but i got to believe those discussions will begin pretty soon. I don't think this is a fluke. I don't think that a guy can be – you know, in this many spots and make plays the way he has, even in the first four weeks, he's clearly a, a, an elite, you know, pass rusher and he's having his best year ever. He may set the club record for sacks, which is unbelievable when you think about it. Um, but that's kind of where they're at. I want to get back a little bit to the emotions and we'll, we'll kind of like uh, wrap up this game. And then we'll talk about the race for just a minute. Um, you know, uh, Ron Light, I, I did a story around Father's Day. We were, we were asking people about their fathers and I uh, spent some time talking to Jason about him. Uh, you can read some of those comments on TampaBay.com. Uh, but Ron Light was a guy who was uh, born in Kansas and family moved when he was young to Nebraska. His dad was a farmer. He had two brothers and two sisters. And because he was the oldest, he had to go work at a very young age on the farm. I mean, and work hard and work all the time. His siblings got to do other things. But Ron sacrificed so much and they had very very humble humble beginnings um you know out there um in nebraska and he loved sports i mean wanted to play them just wasn't able to because he had other responsibilities and so he didn't get to play um the sports that he wanted to but when he had um got married uh, to a woman who was also uh, family was was in farming they stayed in nebraska and when jason uh, and his siblings would play sports. Ron never missed anything. He was there for high school. He was there for middle school. Um, you know, when Jason went to college in Nebraska, I guess Omaha, right? Uh, or Nebraska, I'm sorry, was Lincoln, it Lincoln? Lincoln right? um, he uh, he was there, and, and he's a huge Huskers fan. And, of course, you know, he's as, as Jason told me, he kind of lived vicariously through him a bit because he didn't get to do those things, right? And so, like most parents, the greatest joy you have, no matter whether you play it or not, is watching your kids uh, perform and achieve. And he certainly enjoyed that. In the spring, I was at the NFL owners meetings in March, and they were leaving there uh, and flying to Nebraska to surprise Ron for his 80th birthday. And this is a guy who has worked every day of his life, even though he could retire he had uh, put together a business. He had some younger guys working for him. They were doing some smaller jobs, um, you know, around the various farms and things like that. He just was, he just was a very affable, very, you know, loving father and a good guy. Um, and, you know, tragically, of course, he, you know, he, he died on Saturday, um, as we mentioned, at the tailgate um, during the Nebraska-Ohio State game, which on the one hand, as Bruce Arians said, you know, this, this is exactly what he loved, being around his family, being around football, being around Nebraska football. And I'm sure he was looking forward, as he did every Sunday, um, to the Bucks playing the Los Angeles Rams. And so when it was all said and done and Mike Greenberg held up the cell phone in the locker room, uh, you know, and Bruce Arians, they got Jason on FaceTime and Bruce Arians presented him the game ball. Uh, talking to John Spitek, he said, you know, all I could see is that, you know, Jason was very emotional and red-faced. Um, and, uh, you know, it was something that, uh, 
that was really, again, another galvanizing moment because because football, these teams, I know you hear it, it's corny, it sounds corny, but they spend more time with each other than they do their family, so they become family. And I find that more true in football than almost any other sport. Like I played baseball. There's an individual component to baseball, right, whether it's you against the pitcher, sure. the pitcher against the batter. Um, you know, it's, it's a little different. But in football, you're you're literally next – the guy, you you putting your – success or failure and the guy next to you and him and you and there's you know the sweat and pain and everything that you go through so this this team was hurting a little bit um and I thought it was it was just you know again a nice moment that um they could share with Jason who uh, texted me after the game and said I'm really at a loss for words and he just said I just know that my dad would be proud and I'm sure he is and how about this the guy that stripped the football he played college at Nebraska, right? But Nebraska, Omaha. Omaha. Yeah. The guy that grew, grew up in, but did a lot in Nebraska. Went to boys. Went you to wrote boys, about him. Went boys to town, boys uh, town, and yeah. In Nebraska, outside Omaha, and that's uh, right. You know, uh, there, there's something about the heartland in the Midwest that you know, any one of us who's been out to you know Nebraska, Iowa, to whether covering games or or anything, it's like there's there's really something about that. I mean, I was talking to Shaq about it the other day. It's like. We're both from Baltimore. Yeah. And, you know, going out to the Midwest is something that's a culture hardy shot. people, yeah. They're but, hardy uh, people. And then the guy, that, special people. the guy that scooped up the ball, of course, in Dom Khan Sioux, an All-American from Nebraska. Nebraska. Absolutely. It makes you wonder if uh, if somebody wasn't really enjoying the end of this football game. So um, the Bucs uh, will move on, of course. They're going to play at New Orleans. We'll talk about that all week. Uh, you can read us on, on TampaBay.com, of course, for all your coverage from this game. Eduardo's got about 100,000 stories online. I have one. Um, but uh, but I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Um, okay, real quickly, the Tampa Bay Rays, they're headed to Oakland. Um, you know, after their big champagne fest that they had, uh, what was it, Friday night? They managed to pretty much not win the next two games. The hangover might have lasted a couple of days. It might, and I think the parties need to end pretty soon here because they've got one bite of the apple, and they got to go into Oakland. they got to beat the A's um, in that building. The A's have been very, very good, of course, everywhere, but especially in Oakland. But you got Charlie freaking Morton on the mound, and Eduardo, I don't think there's ever been a game that I can remember where a pitcher is going to probably determine whether the Rays – you know, have a shot yeah. in this thing. I mean, he almost, and let's face it, he's a guy that's pitched bigger games, right? Game seven of the World yeah. Series. But he almost has to be on and on like he was the last time he was out to give them a chance so that they don't fall behind and they don't have to score six or seven runs to win this baseball game. So here, here's the thing about the wild card game, Rick, and I've covered, a, I've covered two of those. And, you know, it's a really different animal than anything else. In like, it's winner take all. It's... Every run counts. Every and, pitch matters. And so, you know, I, I covered one, just to take you back a little bit, I covered one game. It was a wild card game. The Orioles were playing the Rangers at in Texas. They started Joe Saunders yeah. in this game, and they had someone warming up in the bullpen in the first inning. Oh, absolutely. And so you don't – there's not much of a leash. There's not much of – you know, you, you fall behind by three runs and another team that stacked their roster – just for this game because you stack them by rounds yep. and this counts as a round. So you got a bloated bullpen. You know, you've got, you know, a, a guy on the bench, I'm sure that 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 is a speed guy who can manufacture help you manufacture some runs. So it's it's a much different animal strategy wise. Now, having said that, I like Charlie Morton in that matchup because of what he can give them. You know, he's a guy who, like you said, 
he's pitched in a do or die situation in Game Seven of the World Series. He came into a game where he every, every in pitching in relief with the World Series on the line, where every pitch, every out mattered, and he knows that. Yep. Um, so I like that, and I kind of like you know Kevin Cash with what he's able to do with the bullpen, and like you know, I, I would like to point out that the last time they were in Oakland. I was out there covering him, and Diego Castillo, he probably stuck with him a little bit too long in a couple of those games. Yeah, he did. And they lost him. Now, you know, he's – it's going to – I think, you know, he – Kevin Cash is probably going to be the most interesting guy out of this because I know a lot of people have – you know, you can we can go back and forth on, you know, him sticking with guys too long, him pulling guys too quickly. I mean, that's been you – know, we, we can – day to day we've talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. So but, – but this is going to be one where – Strategy really, really matters. So keeping, you know, with your guys, like I'll be interesting to see who follows, you know, Charlie Morton in, in a close game. Like, you know, you have a lot of. I mean, we'll find out when the rosters are kind of set a little bit more. But you it's know, Johnny Holstaff, you, know, you got to win this game to move on. But I mean, right? like, do you, if, if you've got, you know, if you if, if you're in does a Trevor Glass, game, does yeah, Tyler well, Glass now come? Yeah, in? if you're in a one nothing game, yeah. do you throw Tyler Glass now out there for a few innings? Might. So you know, it'll worry be, about uh, tomorrow if you get there. Yeah, I think strategy is so important in these games. Like I said, I've seen I've seen a couple of them, and they're fascinating to watch. They're fascinating to cover, and um, you know, I think you know, Rays fans and themselves should be really like they should really be looking forward to this. Obviously, it's the postseason; you're looking forward to it anyway. Yeah. But you know, I think you're probably going to see this team's strength at its best degree in this kind of environment in the wild card game, but we'll see. Well, they had to win a lot of big games to get here. So 96 they, of them, right? Yeah, 96 of them in the last month or so. It seems like they've had to win all of them. Yeah. Um, so they're used to that kind of pressure. Uh, the other thing is Joe Madden got fired from the Chicago Cubs. Not a surprise, but I think it's disappointing, um, certainly for Madden, who will probably go on and do great things someplace else, maybe Philadelphia. Um, we can talk about him later in the week. But uh, I think the Cubs are going to rue the day. Uh, and and have short memories of what the Cubs baseball was before Madden got there, but that's that's another topic for another time. So from the L.A. Coliseum, where the Buccaneers have stunned the Los Angeles Rams 55 to 40, and for Eduardo Encina, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great night, everybody. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray, and I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.